This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What the problem was that when our Wi-Fi was horrible, because we only had it next door, and we're revamping our entire IT situation next door, so we had like super duper Wi-Fi put in, and mm-hmm. now these guys are like, "Wow, it's rolling." So, yeah, and now they're like, "We want to go live again." So that's why that's your delay. That'll work. So yeah, um, so this is cool. When did you when did you do this? Um, probably ten years ago. I wrote the first edition, and then uh, sold out of the first edition. Mm-hmm. But then I. Catching the Spirit, which is about spearfishing. Mm-hmm. But I knew I was going to be, like, when I did the first edition, I said, oh, I know I want to do a spearfishing book. Mm-hmm. So I came out with that. And then in the meantime, I rewrote this entire second edition, and it's totally new. And we're probably, uh, it's probably been about three years or so. Okay. I'm going yeah. to I'm going to ask you to rehash that in a few minutes. Oh boy, right. holy crap. You do you want me to mention that um cuz I was at Duffy's in Deerfield for the book launching? Really? Yeah. And, yeah, mention everything. And, and and they had my poster above each urinal. That was like the highlight of my Come on. career. I swear to god. You know? So He's blowing content on us, here, Yanni. Yanni's like Wow. Yanni's wow. like you got to mention that on the show. This is good stuff. Yeah. Oh, we're live. <laughs> <laughs> we're live. We're live. We're live. We're in action. Look at that. Okay. All right. You guys seriously are. So is that how we're going to start this off? Am I logged in on my phone now? It's what? You got it on the page. All right. So I don't have to worry about anything. All right. We are good. All right. Well, hey, we're live. How about that? Um, how you guys doing? Good. Good, Dennis. Yeah. Yeah. We're rolling. Glad we're here. Yeah, I'm glad you're here too. Um. We are, I'm going to read some oh. notes here. Oh, okay. No, I'm going to okay. read these notes, right? Okay. You gave me notes, right? right. And I, but 
people sometimes give me notes, and I'm like, oh, don't worry about the notes. We'll just talk right and hang out. Okay. But these are some pretty good notes here, okay. which which I'm I'm pretty impressed by. So I will get to those in a minute, right? Um, I want to bring up a few things first before we say, welcome to Connected by Water, Jim Chiefy Matthew, right. right, and Julie Higgs, right? Yes. And I'm going to introduce you guys properly in a moment. I want to mention real quick because we're right into the last week of this. Um, or the last week or two of the Pompano Beach um, Seafood Festival. Oh, yeah. I want to promote it one last time here uh, while while we still can. Um, the goods are doing a lot of good. Yeah, right? Absolutely. Both, and, and both Kyle and John. Yeah, yeah. By, by putting this thing together. Uh, once again, we look and, we're looking forward to it. Connected by Water is going to be there and all set up with a, we call our trailer the Minnow, and we'll be there um, in full support of everything that's going on. We're very excited particularly about the way they changed the music up this year. I think it's going to be really, really cool. So if you have not purchased your tickets yet, um, for those of you listening and watching at home, please do so um, immediately right now so they can expect you. I think the cool part about the music Mm -hmm. entertainment is, first of all, it's all local from Florida. There's no headliner anymore. Yeah. So so it'll be good stuff all day Mm -hmm. long. And they have two stages. North stage, South stage. So I think I think people are going to really enjoy the fact that it's kind of like right. The vendors are in the middle. Mm-hmm. The food's off to the one side, and and you're right. I think I think logistically they've done a nice job. Yeah, laying good. it out. Yeah, good. Nice. You know, it's interesting too. Um, you know, it's and for those of you that are going to go to the event, you will have the opportunity to purchase. Oh. This is the sneak peek world premiere of we've we put the artwork up on social media, but this is the shirt that we made uh, for the event, and then um, everyone will be able to purchase it day of the event. Um, and I believe it's um, it's either the Boy Scouts or the Kiwanis Club. One's responsible for the tickets of the event, and one's responsible for the shirt sales of the event. So one of them will be there selling. Yeah. Do you know which one? No, I don't. But I know there's a dozen different charities right. that are involved. Yeah. With and they're all local Pompano charities. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know who's going to be selling your your uh, shirts uh, or, you know, you, you did the artwork. So beautiful. Yes. Yeah, Thank nice. you very much. Thank you very much. We're excited. We're excited. So I, that, that's that's the sample that we ran Ju- off. The- Julie is the mermaid. I mean, that's, you know, you need to. She's totally to, a mermaid. You need to I think you just her. nailed it on that's the head. <clears throat> Thank you very much, Dennis. I'm, I'm figuring out how we can segue this I, I, into yeah, so Julie being here. This is, well, we will. We will. And so, so listen. I think you nailed it on the head with the mermaid thing because I love meeting people for the first time on the show. And this is the first time that we're meeting, but did a little research before. And when, when she was there sitting at the bar, she came before you, we got to talk a little bit and I told her how I'm, how impressed I was with just her social media and how robust the content of fish and fishing and spear fishing and diving is on, on, on her social media. So kudos to you, um, for, all your great accomplishments, which I'm going to read some of them now. Okay. Right? So, Julie, so for those of you listening and watching at home, so you understand who's sitting in front of me. She grew up spending her summers in the Bahamas with your dad on a sailboat. Yes. Right? You compete in spearfishing tournaments of all sizes all over the place, like wherever that takes you, primarily California, Hawaii, Costa Rica, Panama, Dry Tortugas, Mexico, Bahamas, and of course, our beloved Florida. Sure. Right? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly Florida. <laughs> Mostly Florida, right? Um, you currently have seven IUSA 
women's world record. That's world correct. records, right? Which Thank congratulations. You. <laughs> congratulations. And, and you can only get those world records free diving, by the way. Free diving. Yes. Nice. Badass. I don't know if I can say that on the radio. You can say whatever Badass. you want. You can say this is a free global, you, you know, gotcha. free state of Florida format. Yeah. So um and you are the current national champion for the women's top mixed team. And you're going to be going to nationals at the end of April. And you and I were discussing that at the bar earlier that it's in a lake in Arizona. Yes. Which I thought was like, wow, really? I never would have thought that any sort of marine kind of competition like that would be in a lake in Arizona. But Yeah, I, I keep forgetting it's in a lake. I tell people, hey, I'm going to Arizona. They're like, you know, there's no ocean. Right. right? I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going in a lake. <laughs> which is interesting because in Florida... You cannot spearfish in any freshwater lakes. Yes, it's illegal. It's, it's illegal. Is it really? Yeah. So the only place we can You spear- can bow hunt, though, but you can't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Arizona, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be cold water, people traveling from all over the United States to compete. Um, I know a lot of people who've done this tournament before, and they say it's a lot of fun. It's mm-hmm. a lot of trigger pulling, a lot of fish. It's a two-day tournament. We're going to be there for a week, scouting, meeting people, just seeing the beautiful lake. Apparently, it's very scenic. Cool. Nice. So, I'm pretty excited. And you're telling me that's a numbers game, this tournament. Yeah. So, most tournaments, you weigh the fish, and you get a certain amount of points per fish, and then a certain, you know, a point per pound. Mm-hmm. Some have a cutoff. All tournaments are different. But this one specifically, uh, it's going to be mostly carp. Carp is... The numbers fish so okay. instead of weighing all of these fish it's one point per carp two points per walleye i haven't gone over all the nitty-gritties of the tournament yet because it's still a few weeks out but gotcha. it's it's a numbers game as as many times as you can pull the trigger it's going to be a lot of fish it's going to be a lot of fun oh gotcha all right so so your carp they're like your yards and first downs right and then, then your walleyes <laughs> your touchdowns right so, yeah so you, 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 gotta, you gotta get down the field before you can really yeah cool right. very cool um one interesting thing is that we were talking also um, beforehand about how I, I don't know why I have so many firefighter friends, but you are both firefighters because you once a firefighter, always a firefighter, right? Uh, I've been retired to say, right? uh, 15 re- years. 15 yeah. years retired. And uh, that's, this is that's, why they got the nickname Chiefy, right? Yeah. Primarily? It, it involved, uh, you know, like sharks and jaws and. How? <clears throat> Tell me I, that. I was, uh, I was doing a little diving off here. Okay. And. Uh, we got into a shark frenzy, mm-hmm. and uh, we survived. Mm-hmm. Okay, I survived. Obviously, yes, I'm still here. Got everything. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we watched Jaws for entertainment that mm-hmm. evening. And the boys nicknamed me Chiefy because I was a division fire chief. Oh, right, Brody. And, and you, exactly. Nice, Chiefy. You know, get me this, yeah. get me that. So that was the. And then after that, I, I, I my. 29 foot CV, mm-hmm. right? Right. Is, is named Chiefy. And that's how the Chiefy kind of love that got, 29 got it CV. Going. Right? <laughs> gotta love it. Nice. So Ron's not come wood with Josh Hodge. I love it, buddy. I yeah, love it. Yeah, Josh is the man. Yeah, for Josh sure. Josh is the man. No Absolutely. Doubt about it. No doubt about so it. So I'm going to read up a little bit on you. Okay. Okay. Because you were very good at providing notes for me. Right. Um, I want to just say that, yes, you are a retired division chief um 15 years ago you said retired right. so um thank you both for your service by the way and i and i know a lot of people just say that for military but i also say that for first responders because you do service the community so i we really appreciate it and i mean that from the bottom of my heart like both of you guys 
Um, but one of the things I did want to discuss was you transition from firefighter to diver, fisherman, author, YouTuber, writer for the Sun Sentinel, the Deerfield Beach Magazine, the New Pelican, the Observer. You're a television personality. You are a radio show contributor and an all-out waterman. Yeah. Take me through this metamorphosis, so to speak. I was fortunate enough to have a great career in Deerfield Beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, started in 1977. I don't think Julie was even born. Like I, I thought I was. <laughs> I thought I was like a nonstop overreacher, and then I read this, and I'm like, oh my god, this guy. When do you stop? <laughs> and one of the things I tell people. Because a lot of guys will retire and they'll go up to Tennessee or North Carolina mm-hmm. and Georgia and enjoy life and all that stuff. I knew I wanted to dive because I love to dive. And I dove when I was in the fire service, a firefighter paramedic. That's what we did. Mm-hmm. You know, it was enjoyable. But then I said, man, I got I to gotta figure out a way <laughs> to dive when I'm retired and enjoy it. And not, not to be a job because mm-hmm. I've already worked for a living. My, my famous expression is work is a four-letter word. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and Julie can understand. We've seen a lot of uh, things in our life of our career uh, that you get to realize that life is very short. Life can be changed in a moment. Yeah. So that's one of the beauty of working what we do to realize I want to do what I want to do. I want to enjoy that. And that was it. I just, you know, I, I didn't think I was going to write a book, let alone two or three books. Uh, but it, I, and I really wasn't a writer. Mm-hmm. I just was more of a technical guy, you know, hey, write this memo and all that stuff. But I was like, oh, friends of mine would say, hey, you should write a book. Oh, how do I write a book? Mm-hmm. Okay. Just kind of continue on with that and then writing for the newspaper and magazines and it's been a lot of fun. I enjoy it. It's, I think of it as therapy. Yeah. Right? It is. You know, it sort of like gives you that time. That That's you, what this show is for me. Yeah. Like, I mean, instead of like paying a therapist, or I just say, hey, let's do a podcast. But that's a great idea. Why not? Yeah. You know, and I've been diving well over, you know, I mean, 30 plus years and meet great people like Julie mm-hmm. who just kind of come into my life and go, oh, this is great. And and I affectionately call, like, Julie, chiefy crew members. Okay. You know, yep. it's, it's sort of a thing. So explain to me the crew members, right? Okay. Okay. And then she's obviously a, a crew member. But you have um, to bring good beer. Okay. And, but Julie doesn't drink. Oh, I'm going to take notes. Okay. Julie, <laughs> Julie doesn't drink. Bring good but, beer. But, right, that's how you get on the chiefy is you bring good beer. Right? Okay. And and we all oh, yeah, writing it down. Everything we do is we hunt. That's all we do. Whether okay. it's, you know lobster season, we go after lobster. That's probably our probably our claim best. to fame. Yeah, claim to fame. So <laughs> thank you. When Julie, it's fun. I mean, we're freaking. <laughs> hey, the bunch over there, bunch there, right? I mean, right. We're we're kind of fun doing that. Yeah. Right. And then we get to spear some fish, which is good. Mm-hmm. Lionfish occasionally. And uh, so it, it's, it, to me, it's an enjoyable part. Now, as far as the crew, I enjoy having a, a wide variety of Like, people. what is the crew? Like, is it like the cult following? Well, you gonna, I, w- like- I wouldn't say 
a cult like, following. Because like, I, but, but I went on it. your website, right? Okay. And, yeah. and I'm like, well, what is the chief? Because like, I never knew, understood like the chief crew, chief crew. So I look on the website. I'm like, oh my God, there's, there's all these people all there. There's people. Right. You see that? So Very they brought cool. beer. I gave them a free hat. Uh, and I said to myself, shit, I mean, these hats cost a lot of money. Okay. Right. So I got to figure out a way to make money. Right. That's why I bought. I wrote the book. Okay. okay. So let's talk about the book for a second. <laughs> Catching the bug. Catching the bug. And this is the second edition. Second edition. Right. right. And the first edition um, did ten, well. Ten, ten years ago, I sold out, which okay. is remarkable Great. in itself. Yeah. And this is the second edition. You said right. it's all different in here. Yeah. Um, a whole different layout. Okay. Um, I was very fortunate uh, to have Steve Waters as a good friend of mine. Yep. Who is, uh, oh, I love Steve. Yeah. Yeah. One, one, of, the, one of the premier top-notch guy, mm-hmm. you know. Excellent, and he's edited both of my books. Yep, and so he was like, "Okay, we clean this up, clean that up." And um, I tell you, um, it's kind of divided into three sections: how to find the lobster, how mm-hmm. to catch the lobster, and then how to eat the lobster. And uh, but there's 20 chapters in there, and they're all stories. They're all chiefy stories of, and you'll see most of the gp crew members are in there with pictures and mm-hmm. stories and it's an enjoyable hey how to do it um which when i started looking for a book on how to catch lobster there's a lot of technical stuff out there but nothing that was really simplistic that was a or lot fun, of pictures right? fun exactly yeah. and that's exactly. why we're doing it that's, that's exactly the whole point right? we're doing it right so you um it's a you told me you were you grew up in the Bahamas, you know, yes. you know and, and when did you first start like really finding the passion underwater? So my dad had me in the pool ever since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. When I was five years old, he would strap me to his belly and we would buddy breathe and Come we on. would go scuba diving. <laughs> really? So that I guess that's where it started. Oh my god, she is a mermaid. <laughs> and, and and her father was a captain for Palm Beach County. Yes, he was also a firefighter. Yeah. Palm Beach County. That's, yeah, right. that's where my buddy Ryan is. Oh, that's why you kind of chuckled when I said that. Oh, it all makes sense. Now. So there's a connection there. You know, right. Which yeah. is kind of cool. So, yeah, when I was five, I was doing that with my dad. When I was seven, I made my first Bahama trip with my dad over on our 33-foot Hunter. It's mm-hmm. a small sailboat. Uh, we developed a reputation over there for being daddy and the girls. Because okay. it, it was strange for a single dad to have two young girls and cross an entire ocean with, that's it. Strange should, for them. Should, right. Not for should you, we right? mention Marilyn, your sister? My, my sister is okay, the other. We, we got to mention her. Okay. She's an RN, by the way. Really cool. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. She's part of the Chiefy crew as well. Gotcha. She okay. she can, I be, can I be part of the Chiefy crew? You can. You have to bring good to bring beer. Me. I'm bringing <laughs> rum. Rum works. Just okay. We have to, you know, keep it on the boat. Okay. Okay. All right. No problem. <laughs> 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 no problem. I want to. I want to Go expose. Ahead, hold on. Hold the thought real quick, sure. right? Because I just realized someone's over there on the other camera thinking, "Oh God, he didn't mention me yet. He's not going to mention me yet." <laughs> and my good buddy Steve Siegel over there behind the bar. How you doing, Steve? All good, Dennis. You're good. Yep. All right. So he is over there, and I want to give a shout out to the Surreal Fishing Team, which is the fishing team of our beloved sponsor, Joey Party Bram. Right. Um, and you guys had a good Saturday. We we crushed it on day two. So what did you? What place did you take on Saturday? A little took closer a, to the mic. We took a second place daily on Saturday. We wound up uh, twelve sailfish on the day Saturday. Wow. Nice. And a lot of people don't realize that he he's a 
I mean, I don't know what the proper term is if you say master diver, but he, he's excellent at what he does. So I hear that's a word on the reef, right? Yeah. Uh, Depends who uh, you ask. The, I'm trying to embarrass him. The, the, his name of his boat is Relentless. Right. So it's always good to have a guy like that. Yeah. You know, when you need like two more lobster. I hear he's an animal. Oh, he's an animal. Yeah. 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 He crushes it. Yeah. Yeah. Very Proud good. chiefy crew member. I've heard oh. stories. <laughs> so, all right, Julie. Yeah. So you're strapped to the belly of your father at the age of five, <laughs> going down the reefs. And uh, so, where in the Bahamas are you going? We've been everywhere, okay. mostly grand, but we've done the Exumas, Eleuthera, the Berries, um, all parts of it. Mm-hmm. My since my dad was a firefighter, he would work a lot for other people during the year, and then take almost the whole summer off so our little snowboat would go six miles an hour and we would slowly make our way all over the bahamas and then at the end of the summer we'd come home and we did that pretty much every summer for my almost my whole life yeah your whole life all right so so you basically grew up underwater yes for the most part right and you see you grew up in a steward area yes right and um when did you start competing with all this i mean I mean, listen, I, I just really want to find out a lot about you because this is all fresh and new to me, like who you are and what you do. And I'm just mesmerized because I'm like, you talked about animal, like <laughs> you too, you know, I mean? like you seem very relentless yourself. So take me through the whole thing. <laughs> so, yeah, I grew up going to the Bahamas, spear fishing over there. It's a pole spear. So I got really good at learning to get very close to fish. Mm-hmm. Um. I didn't do as much spearfishing here for, it's just not very common to spearfish off a sailboat, I don't think, here. Um, As I got a little older, I made some friends that spearfish here. Uh, I had a friend named Levi who was making Orion spear guns. He doesn't make guns anymore. Mm -hmm. But we used to sit in his garage and we would make spear guns. And unfortunately, when you're very small, the best way to get your name out there is to donate your product Trust me. Two tournaments. <laughs> I know yes. how that goes. <laughs> yes. So, uh, in an effort to get his name out there, he was donating some of his his guns, and he donated a gun to a tournament in Louisiana called the Hell Divers Tournament. The Hell Divers. Yes. Hell Divers. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they they're they pretty... dive the oil rigs. Yeah. Oh, okay. They're that's serious. That's very hardcore, serious huh? divers. Yes. Hardcore. Yeah. Wow. They don't wear wetsuits. They wear overalls. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Swear what do you mean, God. overalls? Overalls. All right, listen, just full disclosure, right? We discussed a little bit before everything started how I, I used to kind of dive. Okay. All right. All right. right? And I don't really anymore. It's just a matter of circumstance. Just one yeah. thing led to another. And then I turn around and I look back. I'm like, wow, I haven't been underwater in years. Right. And I want to get back down. So you guys are going to help me take care of that. Of okay. Course. So when you say overalls, are you talking about real overalls? Real you're talking overalls. about like bibs. Bibs. Like, real yeah? overalls. These are, these are country boys that are. <laughs> They're hardcore. going down on oil rigs. Hardcore. With a spear yeah. gun. With a spear gun. And like at work boots? Or they at least no, wear no, flippers? No, they wear, like, let's go. wear fins All right. and everything. But this is a whole different ball game. To, to give Why you, are they doing overalls? To give Why? you a, a mental picture, some of these fish on the oil rigs are so big, they carry a rope about six feet long uh-huh. that they tie to the oil rig and tie to their gun. So, so the yanked. fish can just wear itself out yeah. Come on. on the oil yeah. rig. This is big stuff. Yeah. yeah big stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like they poke in yellowfin up there, really, stuff like the, that? They can, yeah. um, but there's all sorts of big amberjacks. Oh, they love amberjacks. Yeah. Um, they have all the fish we have here, but it's about twice the size right. up yeah. there. Yeah. 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 Actually, uh, George Pavaroma is a really good friend of mine. Yeah. He's been on the show countless amount of times. Yeah, we call him a regular. Um, 
he jokes every time he comes in. He goes, oh, I'm going to have to write my name on that chair. And I said, go for it. And he hasn't done it yet. But anyway, um, he swears that Venice, Louisiana is, is the best fishery or right oh, yeah. like, is the best fishery on, in the continental United States. For sure. I'd say that's probably true. Yeah. Have you so I have yet to go. I've never been up there. I have yet to oh. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been, yeah. We've it's only insane. primarily done Florida, Tortugas, West Coast is um, Naples, offshore Naples with Captain Bill. Mm-hmm. And then we've been playing up in um, Fort Pierce, which is where Julie lives. That's your stomping ground. That's yep. right. And right. Uh, serious stuff up there. Yeah. 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 But we made it. We made a nice connection today. That connected by water thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Frying pan tower off of North Carolina. Oh, right. right. Our so friend talk Richard, to me about that. Our friend Richard. I don't think I got all that, actually, when we were talking about it. So take me through that again. So the cool part was uh, the Chiefy crew helped install the underwater camera at the Deerfield Pier. Right. Oh, I technically plugged it in. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's got a windshield wiper. I it does. It do- well, it's not like that, but it kind of goes around <laughs> in a globe. Okay. But it, I, Wait, I, what happened? Really? It wasn't like this. It goes like this. Okay. It's not. Sounds very What's it? A ball? It's a ball. Yeah, it's a globe. Oh, okay. It's a globe. Gotcha. It's actually pretty cool because <laughs> right. the camera can turn. 360 degrees. Mm-hmm. You you can manipulate it, uh, the operator. Who's controlling it? The city. Okay. So they have to maintain Some Mildred's back there behind the desk. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. <laughs> they're actually pretty good at it. Yeah, they know no, what they're sure. doing. So um, we, we, the guy that we uh, installed it with was this guy by the name of Woody out of North Carolina that built all the brackets and everything else. So he happens to be the guy that installed it on the frying pan tower. Well, Richard... The owner, the owner of the frying pan tower, surplus uh, military coast guard equipment mm-hmm. that they needed back in the day to protect the frying pan shoal, so boats wouldn't run aground. Okay. Well, they didn't need it anymore. They sold it. So it was pretty cool. He told us a story about how he bid for it. <laughs> <laughs> He bought it for $85,000. Come on. I swear to God. <laughs> so he lives on it. And he lives on it? He lives on it. Yeah, yeah. It's got sol- solar power. It's called Frying Pan, pan Shoal. Frying Pan Tower, Frying Pan Shoal. You Google it. All right, it please, right everybody, up. look this yeah, up yeah. because I, I, I'm going to look this up. And I need to- so he's got a camera down there. And so they constantly are bringing provisions back and forth. Well, I okay. Richard today. Right. Because he's down here with his wife and daughter getting certified uh, with Dixie Divers at Dive Shop in Deerfield. Okay. Know? So, yep. yeah, it was a pretty cool little little connection there. And um, I think it's going to work out really well. well. We'll make him a Chiefy crew member. Uh, wh- as, he, as, whether, long as, uh, as long as he brings good beer. As long as he brings good beer. As long as he brings good beer. Oh, there it is. All right. So, th- this is what. Oh, so. Wow. Wow. So, there's like a whole. It's like, like mm-hmm. Stiltsville on steroids. Exactly. Right. And you can so, you can can you see that is that in frame? We good? Yeah. A little closer. Mm-hmm. That's it right there. Yeah. You good? Yeah. Yeah. North wow. Carolina. So you have some. Uh, it gets up the it, water. It gets up there. Yeah. Uh, so um, from a, from his standpoint, um, it, he just kind of maintains it. He's formed a nonprofit to essentially run it. Okay. And uh, people visit it. They spearfish. They dive it, they fish it. And how far offshore is it? 30 miles. 30 miles yeah. offshore. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, up there, the shelf's a lot lower, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. He's it's not like 50, here where. He's only in 50 feet of water. 50 mm. feet? 30 miles off here? Yeah. 50 feet of water? Yeah. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, it's sort of like Naples when we go to Naples. Yeah. Okay. You know, I'm 65 miles. What are we? Yeah. 65 miles off. But this it's is like a real ocean. Feet. Yeah. Yeah. This <laughs> drops off. All the people in Naples hate yeah. you for saying that now. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Naples. But that's why we have such great reefs here. Yeah. Great reef system. Right. You know, within a mile, I'm in 100 feet of water. Okay. Which pretty much, I mean, from a open water standpoint, uh, maybe you have to have advanced and deep water stuff. 133, 132 is your max. Okay. So we're maxed out within a mile. So we have a lot of technical diving here. We have some great shore diving here. We have some great reefs. There's mm-hmm. three distinct reefs here. So, I mean, you know, we, we've been hitting at that 45, 35, 45 foot stuff pretty mm-hmm. regularly, huh, Julie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and done really well. Yeah. Tell me, I want to talk about um, passion for a minute. Because I think that's evident at this table right now, talking to you people, you people, you guys, about <laughs> most of the people we bring on to this show, it's it's fishing, traditional, conventional related, right? Um, we talk a lot about clean water. We talk about conservation a lot, uh, which obviously must be highly important to you. I'm assuming it is. It should be. Um, and we talk a lot about the reasons why we do what we do and the reasons why you call it a passion, you call it an addiction, or you can call it a purpose. Um, so share with me a little bit what that means to you. When, it, when I say the word passion, like what resonates with you? Because I'm kind of thinking, strapped to the belly of your dad at the age of five, right? <laughs> Taking Bahamas trips, at, I couldn't picture in my head. It's like kind of weird. I might have to draw a cartoon about it. <laughs> I would um, love that. <laughs> so, seven years old, taking Bahamas trips in a six mile per hour sailboat. Um, I don't think that it's you can come back from that. And what I mean is like that's that's laying a foundation, right? Right. Take me through your adult life now and how that childhood upbringing continued on into a passion that makes you claim six world records and be in a national championship seven 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 so they're just, I just clarification I... <laughs> <laughs> sorry seven world records hey, listen you know <laughs> giving you a hard time no the, no everyone counts you absolutely can, if i had one world record i mean they got a world record <laughs> Everyone counts. I don't you have kidding a world me? record, okay? Serious. Seven world records. <laughs> Seven. Yeah. So take me through how that foundation building turns into a passion to where you just completely own it. Well, <laughs> like, where do you tough, start? Tough question. I know. It, I know. It it's is a tough, tough question. question. I think a lot of people ask me, why Why do you want to be a firefighter? Is because your dad's a firefighter? I'm like, well, no. A lot of it is... I picked a career that allows me to have the lifestyle that I want. Mm-hmm. I work nine days a month. And any day that I can, I'm checking the weather. I'm seeing where in Florida can I go diving? Who can I go diving with? What kind of diving can I do? Can I go on the river and it's shallow and that's the only place I can go? Do I go down south and go out with Chiefy because the Bahamas is blocking the swell and that's the only place it's flat? It's It's become a priority and it's... 
it's I've created a lifestyle where I can keep that a priority. Mm-hmm. It's every day. What what am I going to do today? I, I'm in a relationship with a commercial spearfisherman, and we kind of have a joke like every morning. I'm like, "What's the adventure today? Like, I need adventures. I I can't sit still. I need to be doing something. Or if if we can't spearfish, can we fish? It's I can't sit still. What are we going to do today? Mm-hmm. What's my adventure for today? And for me, that's just what it's about. I don't want to waste any days. I want to be doing something. And and it, I wouldn't consider myself spoiled. I'll do any kind of spear fishing. My boat is a little skiff. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a lot of friends like Chiefy who has really nice boats, and I like to go out with them. But I'm also just as happy to take my little 16 foot skiff behind my old RAV4 and go out for a couple hours, and that's fun too. Mm-hmm. It's it's all levels. It's it's a good way to spend the day and enjoy it with friends and bring home some dinner and bring fish into work and it's just I don't know. I grew up on the other side of the track. So what I mean by that is <laughs> I did not grow up with these with these quad outward <laughs> people, right? Was, I went to Gibbons uh, for high school, which is the local private high school. I'm not sure if you know what Gibbons is. Probably not. You're a right. Lot, you're, a lot of you're you're a Martin County girl, right? So. Givens is like, you know, Beverly Hills 90210 kind of thing. Okay. So I did not grow up like that by any stretch. Um, but my parents made sure that we were in the Keys every summer mm-hmm. and that we were catching fish and that we were underwater and we were doing doing things the right way in Florida. Um, so I thank them for, at the very least, that. Um, my parents, grew, they raised us in a very in a, like, religious household. Um, so when it came time for high school i had two choices you either go to st thomas or you go to carmel gibbons right so i picked the one near the beach and the first day i show up there there's kids rolling in there with porsches and <laughs> all kinds of cars like that and i'm just like where the heck am i you know um so i i get the whole skiff thing because nothing impresses me more than when you know you see those videos of the guys in the islands on the you know the boat they put together with a shoestring and mm-hmm. pulling in it's just a monster fish and i'm like see you don't need quads and you don't need pen internationals and you don't need all this stuff to pull up a nice size fish i mean obviously it helps you want to win in tournaments you want to get that numbers game and all the other kind of thing yeah obviously you need to do that spend a thousand dollars on bait but <laughs> what's most inspiring to me is when someone goes out there with their own two hands and makes it happen mm-hmm. You know, and so I admire that greatly. Spearfishing is not something that I've ever done, but it's always been something that I've always admired. Re- really good book, Catching yeah. the Spirit. So, yeah, so that's the other book, Catching the Spirit, Mr. Segway. <laughs> so this is the other book that Chief wrote, Catching the Spirit. The ABCs of Spearfishing. The ABCs of Spearfishing. Right. right. So if you want to know anything, and there's a very handsome picture of Chiefy Good on the on the back page, right? Luckily, there's um, a lot of pictures. I've, so, I've looked at all of the pictures. So, <laughs> um, Catching the Spirit is Chiefy's other book. Um, same question to you, my friend. Yeah. Right? This whole time that you're a firefighter and this division chief and this instructor at Broward Community College and all these other things that you've done to service your community, you're underwater as well. Yeah, most of the time. I, I think I've been diving 35, 40 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, kind of picked it up just from other guys in the fire service. We all kind of hung out together. Right. 
And uh, I can't tell you all those stories because thank God that <clears throat> there were no cell phones and video cameras back there, <laughs> back then. But we would do a Key West dive trip and sure. a bunch of guys having a good old time. Um, but I think where I saw, you know, when I retired, I was very fortunate. I was young. But if you're just going to retire and sit on the porch or you're going to watch Oprah reruns, that's not. That ain't living. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you really need to have purpose in your life. This helps me have purpose in my life. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I, that's the way I look at it. You know, for me to go out there and I'll fish occasionally. Hey, I, 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 I mean, I think I've caught at least one or two selfish with Steve. You yeah. Know, I mean, come on, will you? Steve, how you holding up back there? Yeah, I'm good. Right. <laughs> Chiefy can reel in a fish here and there. Yeah. 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 He's a lot better yeah. with a spear gun than he is with a rod and reel, but he's, he's okay. <laughs> it's okay, you know. But we, I prefer underwater, and I think Steve likes being underwater too. They're just, yeah. you never know what you're going to see, right? Mm. I mean, and the cool part is hanging with Julie, like she uses the GoPro, I use a parallel lens. Right. So we do a lot of videotaping together mm-hmm. of, you know. And you guys both have like pretty good YouTube platforms. Uh, she's much better, but I'm still struggling with it. But <laughs> <laughs> she's really, really good at it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, the Chiefy crew and you have mm-hmm. Julie Higgs. That's right. Right. Yeah, I've had a YouTube for about two years, mm-hmm. and I put together a playlist of all my videos with Chiefy. So every dive I've ever done with Chiefy is recorded. I didn't know that. That's really? true. Oh, <laughs> Dennis. All right, all right. I got it. If you want to get an idea of what you're getting into. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're skating the passion question, though, a little bit. Sorry, um, sorry to bounce it back to you, right? You but know, that's okay. Because here's okay. the thing. Let me, let me preface it like this. All right. Let me, let me, let me put it to you like this. Yeah. You and I recently yeah. met yeah. for the first time, yeah. right? And you came up. To, we had our big tailgate it was party great. here, right? Our 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 St. anniversary Patrick, party, St. Patrick's, St. Patrick's Day, Day oh, right? You got to come next year. Oh. It's it's a blast. It, it really sounds is, like it. right? Yeah. It's I always I tell everyone it's Food. my John Gotti moments when yeah. I feed the neighborhood. It was great, right? You don't have to drop a dime. You just come in, and yeah. you know. And my buddy Jim Rubax here with the amazing barbecue, Papa's Pilar, had tons of rum that they offered for the party, and. Uh, Papa's, Papa's yeah. raw bar was there. The Troy, you know, Troy, Troy Cassie yeah. themselves showed up and were serving people. Yeah, um, the great, great friends of ours, and um, you know, thank them for that. So, it's I always tell people that it's like my wedding, where I people are just walking up to me all the, and I feel like the day goes like that, mm-hmm. and I don't get to talk to anybody really, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm just kind of you like, have a hey, lot hey, you're hey, responsible yeah. for. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. I'm like I got the girls going, hey, what about this? Hey, we giving a discount on this, or they're asking me questions right. stop and people are walking up to me, and everyone wants to have a conversation. So it's cool, right? And I love that. But the flip side is I don't really get to have any meaningful conversations with anybody, but which I love doing. This guy walks out to me, Dennis. <laughs> that's a great chiefy impression i go and, and i look at videotape that one <laughs> i look at him and i go yeah and he goes chiefy just like that i'm like chiefy i'm like everyone keeps saying that you gotta be chiefy you gotta be chiefy you gotta have chiefy on the show and i'm like and then he goes yeah everyone tells me the same thing about you so i was like oh that's great yeah, nice we, to finally meet you yeah you said hey if i had a nickel for every time somebody said yeah hey, yeah yeah that's it you'd be a rich man but, yep um yeah i my tagline is, uh, do you know Chiefy? Uh, and there's this actual story of that, but I don't know if I can get into it. Um, just, uh, hey, I, 
you know how there's like what six or seven degrees of separation mm-hmm. from Kevin Bacon, sure, or whatever, right? Yeah, is that what his name is? The actor. Yeah, uh, six right. degrees sure. from Kevin Bacon. Yeah, that's exactly it. So usually, if it's somehow connected by water, there's mm-hmm. usually one. We are all connected uh, by water. Correct. There right? you go. Rivers, lakes, streams, so, oceans. Somewhere along the line. We are all connected by uh, water. No matter what uh, we're doing politically, no yeah. matter what we're doing as a society. Exactly. Right? The one thing that brings us all together exactly. is the water right. and our passion for it. Right. right. Because, And the biggest example that I always give everybody is what the hell makes you drive down the road in a car and not look at the other guy going about that, but when you're on a boat and you see that person, you need to wave to him. Yeah. There's an energy <laughs> there, right? Yeah. There's a common thread yeah. that we're all connected uh, by I, water and we're all, we're not working. We're doing our thing and we, we put everything else aside and we say, here we all are. I got you. I got you. Right? Well, I do have a Joey Accardi Jeep. So there is this thing called a Jeep wave, right? So there's you, a Jeep wave? There's a Jeep wave. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. Yanni's Jeep, Yanni's, Jeep, Yanni's Jeep, Jeep wave. Guy. Right. There yeah. you go. Oh, oh wow. See? All right, so yes, uh, it was kind of cute because I actually wrote a little story he just, about. So for those of you not, that can't see Yanni did the Jeep wave. <laughs> it was cool, but yeah, I I think just enjoying what all everyone has connect like you've connected it, connect by water. And George, you know, yep. George goes. I'm on some Zoom meeting committee with him on clean water, and he we break up into little groups and. Yeah, that's hey, right. You guys jo- are on the reef committee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and George goes, hey, Chiefy, <laughs> I know you. Yeah. yeah. You know Dr. Jack. Yeah, I know Dr. Jack. I mean, mm. you know, so we all. Next time you say this, say, hey, George, we're connected by water. And oh, he'll laugh. Oh, he'll laugh. Oh, okay. I yeah. got it. I got it. Yeah. So the passion, Um, I was very fortunate as a kid growing up. Um, I was always near the water, mm-hmm. right? And I didn't dive when I was younger. Did like you grow up here? No. Uh, Long Island, New York. Oh, yeah. Long Island. My mother's from Long Island. Really? Yeah. What, what, uh, New High Park. Okay. I, uh, uh, Little Island. I was uh, Baldwin. Okay. Uh, but I was very fortunate to come here and at 23 and get the Perfect. job. You know? Yeah. So this was a good good thing, you know, a good shift. Yeah. And now everybody's coming here. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's kind of insane. You know? I'm actually surprised that we have not gotten the siren yet. It's like the first episode we've ever done where there's <laughs> been no point. siren. <laughs> yeah, usually, it's it's like right as we start. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, but no, I think I think you just um, you've hit a, a nerve with connected by water. Um, I, I do believe that we need to do better things with the water, particularly mm-hmm. the ocean, hundred percent. And considering that we're under the water. We've seen how the reef really needs help. And, you know, we talk about the reef track that we have, which is uh, Miami-Dade, Broward, uh, Palm Beach, and uh, Martin County. Mm-hmm. So that's the f- four counties that we're kind of working with. Keys have done a great job. They really have. So we're coming around. We're finally coming around. You know, there's still people on septic sewers. Yeah, you know. Here. Well, they just Come left. Um, so a couple of things about about that. Okay, um, we have um, a friend of ours, our resident doctor that we bring on the show, Doctor Charlie Gregory, who runs the Reef Institute. Uh, he is tied in with the Clean Waterways Company, um, and he developed a technology that helps clean out our our 
intercoastal waterways when we have sewage breaks. Nice. Uh, through all my friends, Miles Foreman and John Lewis, who, who formulated that company, and then with Dr. Charlie Gregory, he's the science behind it all. Um, they basically developed a protein skimmer that you'd have in an aquarium and to mm. clean up the intercoastal waterways. Um, but he has up in Palm Beach near Peanut Island um, a company called the Reef Institute, and they have learned how to grow reefs. Right. Right. right? right. And, and they really, they're, they're on the forefront of yeah. doing this. Um, so he's been on the show. If anyone's ever had a chance to um, go back and uh, gets a chance, we'll go back and watch that episode. It's a highly educational video. But one thing that he said to me during this whole thing is that 2% of the coral reefs that are supposed to be alive are alive. Mm. Two. Yeah. That is a low they're, they're, they're number. They're definitely hurting. You know? That is a low number. Yeah. And when he says two, I believe him because he really has the data. That That's tough to swallow. Mm-hmm. Is that in Florida or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It yeah. might be worldwide. Actually, I'll have to I'll have to get back to you on that one. Okay. But but it's 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 a low number, regardless whether it's Florida or worldwide. Florida can't be doing much better than worldwide. Yeah, I know um, we've we've and it, FWC's done a good job of promoting artificial reefs. We like diving artificial mm-hmm. reefs. I don't know about you, Julie, but when I jump in on a wreck and I see it underwater, you kind of scratch your head like, what the heck? That doesn't mm-hmm. that's supposed to be up here and it's down here. But it holds a lot of fish, oh, yeah. And it takes the pressure off of the, you know, the natural reef, and you know you've got them right there. So we had a time there, Pompano, the seafood vessel, they would actually sink a lot of wrecks. That's why they have Shipwreck Park mm-hmm. here off of Pompano. Very fortunate, Lady Luck. What's the other one? Uh, uh, Okinawa. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, the Okinawa. Okinawa. Yep. So those are cool things. And John and Kyle Good, they've been a big part of that. You know, so it's kind of a cool thing to see that there was a little bit of a down. They were going, hey, that's not good. Now they're back. Yeah. The artificial reefs are coming back. And I'm sure you're seeing them up by you, right? Oh, yeah. We have rubble piles, wrecks, all sorts of stuff. Mostly rubble piles, I'd say. Yeah. But that's good. It doesn't matter. How does the diving up there compare to the diving down here? (laughs) Good question. Completely different. (laughs) Is it completely different? I I just—I mean, I just clicked in my head. I'm like, wow, the shelf's a lot wider up there. It's got to be completely different, right? Right. So for us, it drops off um, slower, I guess. Yeah. It stays shallower for longer the further mm -hmm. you go out. Um, Our water is consistently dirtier because uh, the Gulf Stream is further out. Okay. The closer the Gulf Stream, the cleaner the water. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Chiefy gets to swim in this crystal clear, beautiful water all the time, mm-hmm. and, and then he comes up and goes, oh, "The water's dirty today." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Right. Uh, Fort, Fort Pierce, we're it's lucky. A 10 for us. We're lucky to have like <laughs> see the end of our gun half the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the Gulf Stream's out a little further, um, which means sometimes we have less current. They do a lot of drift dives um, where they literally use the current to go down the reef. Um, not to say that we don't get our fair share of current, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's a lot different. Uh, we have a lot of rubble piles where they take pieces of bridge and they pile it up and mm-hmm. we shoot snapper, grouper, sheepshead, all sorts of stuff off that. We do, we also have natural bottom in wrecks. Um, I'd say it's fishier up by us Definitely just, just sure. because we have more bottom and our a little Let's... less money. There's, there's a lot of people with money with boats going out. Or you I mean, are. You, you have, yeah, good point. Everything is so compact here. Mm-hmm. Like I said, a mile offshore, we're in 100 feet of water. I have, I've got to go 14 miles in order to get to 90 feet of water in right. Fort Pierce. And it's not really 
a reef, so to speak. It's more rocky and ledges. Sure. Yeah. You know, you don't see the soft, pretty corals mm-hmm. and all of this. Well, it, it's deep and it it's dirty water, so the sun doesn't get down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, consistently enough to, I guess, have healthy coral. Yeah. Right. But when you when you find a lobster. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing is catching lobster with him. They're right there. They, oh, come on. They're, Don't they're, make they're, it sound like it's there. What do you mean? What do you mean right there? They, they, I think it may be back up. They magically show up? Okay. Come on. Steve, Steve. We, uh, you can, come on. You can, I, this, I think Steve. you can spot them from the surface. <laughs> um... In Port Pierce, the ledges. He's I mean, a lobster whisperer. They they can zip up in around. <laughs> Our ledges are a lot deeper and more complex, and I think yeah. the holes here are like this big, and only one lobster can fit. Yeah. In there. You need more skill <laughs> to pull them out of of the water in Fort Pierce it, than you do down it's here. A two, Why? It's That's, a two man job because of, of the tight crevices. It, it, it's just they're, they're deeper in. Yeah. And there's not as many of them, but they're big. Uh, but they're big. <laughs> yeah, okay. they do get bigger. Yeah, they're big. Yeah, they're big. yeah. You're you're five feet. You know, these ledges go back five, ten feet. Oh wow. Oh yeah. So you're you one guy's got got the flashlight on the other, and you and you're trying to they get gotta team there. up on them. There there are oh, several yeah. lobster yeah. that wow. just won't be caught. Yeah. They just get into a hole. It's like, well, yeah. not yeah. getting that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you guys are free diving for these mostly? No. no I do great. both. I you free dive both? and scuba dive. Okay. Uh, for okay. lobstering, okay. scuba diving is definitely the way to go. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, the way I normally go lobstering is is it's down in Isla Mirada. Right. And 10, it's 10, six feet of water. Feet. Yeah. yeah. Even It's even more shallow. Yeah. Than that. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Don't Tiny. give away your 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 secrets. Hey, listen, Dennis, come on, will you? I bring a shot back, <laughs> right? I keep it up in the boat. Yeah, I just turn it on. And, there you there go. You we're all good. <laughs> Mark that one down. We got to <laughs> try that out. <laughs> Steve, so um, we're talking about the going up to Fort Pierce, and, and they're saying, "Oh, it's it's fishier, it's fishier." Do you have any thoughts on that? I, I think it probably is. It gets a lot less pressure up there. But we've really, I mean, I, one thing we haven't talked about yet, you know, they've they've done a really good job down here where we are bringing some of these fish back that we didn't see, mm-hmm. you know, five or 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the new regulations with the grouper and the hogfish and the snapper, I mean, they, they've really helped. We, we see you a think lot. So? I, I oh, yeah. do. With the American red regulations? Is, uh, I don't know about the red snapper, but I'm talking yeah. about the mutton snapper because we, okay. we do a lot the of hunting mutton, for now, mutton. It, it's funny you bring up the mutton one um, because Art was in here talking about it. And the way he said, well, the way they explained them, because there's a lot of regulations that he doesn't agree with. Uh, he goes, but the way he explained the mutton, he goes, he goes, that was one regulation that he really agreed with because from 16 inches to, to 18. 18 inches, you have a breeding time hmm. there. And then so just that two inches mattered for the reproduction of fish. Mm-hmm. And at that point, yeah, it's like, okay, wait that extra two inches, and then that's going to bring back the fishery, and it looks like it's actually Yeah, I mean, really we're, we're, I mean, we'll go down there now, and we will see and, you know, not shoot at, you know, sometimes, you know, six or 10, 16 to 17-inch muttons mm-hmm. that they're all over the place now. And five, 10 years ago, you wouldn't see those. And uh, they're, they're getting a chance to get big. I, I was in the water yesterday. We saw three muttons. Over eight pounds, two 15 pound fish down there mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, we weren't lucky enough to put a spear in, but we saw them and they're there, you know, right, right outside our inlet there at Hillsborough. That's got to be a lot tougher to gauge as a spear fisherman than an angler about the 16 to 18 inches. Or are you so attuned at this point to be like, yeah, that's 18? 
I, I it's, is it tougher if, to gauge underwater? If you're the, unsure, then just don't, don't shoot it. Don't, don't shoot, shoot it. it. Right. Everything looks bigger. Okay. Everything looks bigger underwater. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. probably the thing that you want to have in the back of your mind. Okay. So if you're in doubt, don't shoot. Right. That's what we always kind gotcha. of preach. Gotcha. So like driving, when in doubt, don't. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. And once you put a shaft in them, it's not like you can take the hook off. That's what I mean. So, yeah. like when you're fishing, yeah. you catch like a yeah. like a 15 inch yeah. one. You're going to throw yeah. it back. Yeah, we don't want. Can't that. really throw those back. Yeah. What you guys are doing? But like, it's a couple little keys, you know, with with muttons anyway. If they got a big head, I'll shoot them. Okay. Okay. Now hogfish, they kind of challenged us. It went from 12 to 16 inches. Right. That's a big change. Yeah. And you know, used to be when you saw the big stripe, you shoot them. Right, because that was a male. Mm-hmm. You knew they were probably 14 plus, right? So more than 12. Well, now you're getting these 15 inch there. I mean, they look really massive. Oh, dog on it. So now you really have to kind of pay attention. Is that more than 16? Mm-hmm. Uh, red grouper, uh, I don't really see as much of a challenge to shooting red grouper. But <laughs> <laughs> right, Julie? <laughs> So let me ask you this. Let me, let me let me ask you this. Where's where do where do you guys draw that line of? Um, let's see if I can word this one correctly. Sportsman and conservationist versus um, like overreach on some. Of, do you feel that there's a lot of overreach in some of these categories? And it's interesting to ask you guys this mm. because you guys are divers, right? And a lot most. And you, you cross over to both two. You, you guys yeah. are both fishermen. You guys all yeah. fish too, right? So, I mean, but you're primarily underwater. We're usually right? that, that's like yeah. That's like your main deal. Uh, you you kind of cross over to both. Or Probably 50-50. 50-50, I mean, I fished right? for three yeah. days, you know, in that tournament and then went diving yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So so I, I got to get my fill of both. <laughs> that's kind of, I, I like having you in this conversation um, at this point too because, you know, we talk a lot. We bring on Art a lot, and you know, and he's of um, the mindset of you know, there's a lot of overreach. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to lean that way as well. Um, and but I'm also a conservationist at the same time, so there's there, I understand the need for it. Um, you know, you talked about the grouper regulations, and you say it's good. Uh, you talk about, uh, oh, we don't know about the American red thing, and I think that's a little bit of an overreach situation. But um, we can discuss sharks if you'd like to. Um, and, and, sharks and, in the ocean. And your, and your thoughts on the and your thoughts on the sharks. Really. Um, and and the protection of the sharks. Um, yeah. So where do you guys stand on a lot of these things? Well, spearfishing gets a lot of credit for being very selective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so when it comes to overfishing, you you literally go down there, you there's, see all the fish. I want that one for there's dinner. There's no bycatch. Right. 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 Where we see the fish, mm-hmm. we shoot the fish. That's it. Right. Yeah. And we pick what we want. We, we might. We I'm might. We might. For it, by the way. Yeah. You guys going down. It's, it's, I mean, that's. Uh, don't get me wrong. By the way, yeah. I set that no. up. I mean, no. I have no, a ton of respect for what you guys we'll, are we'll, going we'll underwater do. and grabbing it with your own two hands here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll do plenty of days where nobody pulls a trigger at all. Yeah. And we'll see plenty of fish, but they're just not the right one. They're not the right species. They're not as big as we want them to be. Right. Yeah. You know, definitely, you know, very selective about what we shoot. Mm-hmm. Right. And for me, it's all about, will I eat it? Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but, you know, uh, I, I like to eat 
fresh fish. Sure. So to me, as a diver, I I'm my conservation is I enjoy what I'm doing. I want it to continue. I like the ocean. I like what where we're where we are. I want those fish to be there. I want those lobster to be there. So I'm always about making sure we follow the rules. I think FWC does a decent job mm-hmm. of regulating it, the science behind it. Right. You know. I think Rodney does a great job. Absolutely. They've really yeah. done, um, and I think, I, I I look at, like, we're, we're one of the more progressive states when it comes to that, mm-hmm. and I think that's a good thing. You know, people don't like regulations, you know, hey, when you, <laughs> you know how that goes, mm-hmm. but it's necessary. Otherwise, sure. we wouldn't have anything out here. Sure. Right? I mean, yeah. there, there is something to be said, because we do discuss it a lot of times to where um, maybe the scientists aren't listening to the anglers enough. Maybe they're making up their own research. Maybe they're fishing in the wrong areas and they're getting the wrong data. Um, particularly, a lot of people feel that way about the shark situation. And I heard you say, oh, there's sharks in the ocean. Just, that was teasing. I understand. I know what I understand. We've, we've had a few shark experiences. That's a, that's, but that's yeah. kind of what I'm asking. Like, have yeah. you recently noticed like an uptick in shark encounters? I mean, I has it been less drastic. or more? I mean, drastic, right? A little, little bit more aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and part of that. Do you have thoughts on why? My, my thought, I go right into it, is there, there are places that you can be here in South Florida mainly Jupiter, where you can feed the sharks. Mm-hmm. And I am 100% opposed to that. Okay. That that, that just Thank you for saying ri- that. rings the dinner bell mm-hmm. if you're a diver. And I think that's part of the reason why they're, they've become more aggressive. Right. And in the Bahamas as well? Yes. Uh, I don't, I don't like know. Like you can't yell if in fish anymore I, because of this. Yeah, I honestly don't know how it's legal to teach sharks to associate people with the food. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Uh, I've had FWC yell at me for feeding pe- feeding pelicans, <laughs> my scraps, right? Because right. I'm teaching a pelican to associate people with food, but it's legal for people to pay a lot of no, money to not, go not hand in, feed sharks. Not in state waters. You you're prohibited from feeding sharks in state waters. And so um, that it, on the east side, which is the Atlantic side, it's right. three miles. So three miles off of here, you're in 300. You're feet. deep. You're so deep, no, deep, nobody's yeah. going to be feeding them here. Right. right, they they did at one time. We but aren't they doing that uh, in the Bahamas? Of, north of here, you? north of here, and the Bahamas. They're doing that up near you, though, aren't they? Correct. They're, I think there's several places. Jupiter. Everybody knows they do it Jupiter. Jupiter. Yeah, Jupiter. Um, but they go further out than three miles. Right, and they're still within a a, a depth that you can dive it, mm-hmm. but yet you're outside of state waters. Right, so they're skating the law a little bit. Love it. Yeah, gotcha. Steve, thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not just that they're more aggressive. There are so many more sharks. Yeah, there are now. A ton. And and I, you know, you've talked with people on the podcast before from a fishing perspective. Right. This di- is this is a, exactly why I want to bring it up yeah, with you guys. I mean, from a from a diving perspective, we see even when we're not spear fishing, mm-hmm. we see so many more sharks now than we than we did ten or fifteen years ago. And everything from, I mean, we see hammerheads now all the time on the second reef. We see bull sharks, you know, even on the first reef mm-hmm. out, out everywhere we go. Lots of sandbars, I bet. All, tons of them. Reefies, reefies, reefies everywhere. Even when we're not spearfishing, they're yeah. just there. 
And in the Bahamas, I mean, you know about the problems with the two, you know, with yeah. the yellowfin tunas. We you can't get one to the boat. But we, we have the same issue over in the Bahamas when we're shooting fish mm-hmm. uh, with the bull sharks and the reef sharks. They are just, I mean, people people don't don't understand. We'll go over there for a weekend to to free dive and spearfish, and I'll tell people we we might see five hundred to seven hundred sharks in our three days of diving it's every time we go down on a spot if we're in grand or walkers or up in that area there's multiple sharks and just as soon as they get you know start getting aggressive you've got to leave but they follow you around (laughs) there's just there are so many of them and you know i'm i'm all for conservation but something something's got to be done so Um, this is this is thank you for saying i'm all for conservation but something's got to be done and i'm not, not trying to get on a soapbox during this episode i'm just bringing up the matter because we i wanted to get you guys a perspective on it because we do talk about it on the show quite often and but it's mostly from the fishing perspective i always want to be fair and balanced whenever we talk about any subject that's controversial i could be wrong i'm not the expert i went to art school you know so i'm but i just you know i'm just trying to mediate the gang here and what the conclusion I come to is that whenever someone says that sharks are endangered, I just laugh. Hmm. Yeah. I well, mean, you, and, and I'm sure they are in certain parts of the world. Yeah. Not here. Not Florida. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really sad in the Bahamas. Like we talked about earlier, I grew up in the Bahamas, so mm-hmm. a lot of those Bahamians are like family to me. They won't get in the water. They live on an island. Yeah. They don't feel comfortable getting in the water, and that, as most of them, that's how they make a living. Yeah, they, oh, I'm not going to jump in a lake here. I mean, for the same reason, but right, you know. But I mean, these people used to go <laughs> like, okay. collect conch for a living and not think anything of it, and now yeah. and now they're worried about the sharks collecting conch. Mm-hmm. Like, you should be able to do that without looking over your mm-hmm. shoulder constantly. Uh, there was a month where I think there was seven shark attacks in one month. Yeah, and those are the ones that were reported. Keep in mind, a lot of this stuff doesn't get reported because tourism is. Sure. Nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they talked about shutting down the shark feeding, and they didn't. But uh, these, I think there was one kid that got ripped apart by two tiger sharks in front of his parents. Oh, like that's but horrible. It's you know the ecosystem isn't in balance right right there's we so that's the word, everything right? else is fished except for the sharks it, it seems like and there's just so many of them that shouldn't you know if you get in the water and you see it once you know whether and, it, and i see it from the diving perspective and the fishing perspective right it's it's just it's not it's not in balance the, the yeah. sharks need to be fished Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there used to be a commercial fishery for them, but they they kind of made it to where you can't so really you make can't money. Really difficult. Well, right. yeah. So it's kind of like, um, yeah, you know, where they're giving out oil permits for land that doesn't have oil, right? Kind of thing, right? So that it's that's the only parallel I can come up with immediately. But I mean, it's kind of true. It's like, oh yeah, we brought on um, Thomas Osborne, okay, who is a longliner. Um, he's a shark line liner and, you know, and that's how he makes his living. He's fully licensed and he's like the last one left mm-hmm. and he's the only one. We brought him on because there were these tiger shark divers or whatever bull shark divers that wanted to pet the sharks and feed the sharks and everything like that. And they thought they were going to be funny and they cut all his lines, which really was mm-hmm. his livelihood. That's how mm-hmm. he feeds his children. Um, 
and we brought him on the show. That's when we first met Patrick Price. Um, and Pat Bryce was on the show a few times. We started the Facebook group called um, Fisherman for Marine Balance. Yes. I can't remember the exact name. Sportsman Fighting for Marine Balance. Um, and there was all kinds of things um, going on on that page to try to promote it. Ultimately, the law outdid us mm. um, on that page. Um, and God rest his soul, um, Patrick Price lost his life to COVID, and it really affected the charge because he was the one spearheading mm. the whole thing. Um, but I will say, I just wanted to mention that because it's proper to mention that um, about Pat, but that he really was a champion on the forefront. And the word is that, listen, no one is out to say we need to go and murder all the sharks. I just right. want to make that perfectly clear. Like, no one's saying that we need to just eliminate this altogether and eliminate the problem or anything like that. All we're doing is just searching for balance. All we're doing is searching for balance and with regulation for the muttons and all the other fish. All we're doing is searching for balance for the resurrection what, of the reef. One of the, one of the things is interesting about uh, sharks, and I've kind of wrote a whole chapter in there about predators. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I read the book, yeah. Yeah, you, you'll get to read the book, and I'm going to have I'm gonna a read the question uh, test for you. Okay, then you can come on to Chiefy to go diving. But but really, yeah. All right. <laughs> but but here's the deal: everything's a predator under there. Everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always consider, and again, I don't know it's not boasting. We're the apex predators. Hundred percent. Okay? I am. I mean, I am. When I'm yep. down there, I'm the apex predator. Okay. So when a shark comes at us, we've had little, a couple of shark encounters. Like, hey, I'm not giving up my fish. It's my fish. Right. You know? So we do, we, we're not going to be stupid about it. We'll float fish up, right? And the boat will catch, you know, grab the fish with a float, and then we're good to go. But you have to, if you're spearfishing, you have to recognize that, Yes, there are sharks in the ocean, as I say, mm-hmm. and they're going to be there. Uh, just deal with it. Uh, sharks do sense fear. I think that's one of the things I've kind of learned. And they're very, um, like, you can predict them. So you kind of keep an eye on them and show them that you're the boss. Don't act like prey. There you go. Oh. Don't <laughs> act like prey. Right. Don't act like prey. I like that. Yeah, I think yeah. the worst thing you can do is turn around and run. Oh, yeah. Main. Oh, God. When you start flaring around, that's not a good thing. <laughs> I love it. I think I just named this episode Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Listen, I really enjoyed uh, you guys coming in here today and sharing your time with me. This great. has been wonderful. I mean, Julie, such a pleasure to have you in the studio. I mean, I mean it. And Chiefy. I got a feeling this is not going to be the last time you and I are going to be hanging out together. Um, I really, really thank you guys so much. I, I really you. enjoyed you guys. Thank you uh, for today. It's yes, been a lot of you. fun. It's been a lot of fun. Great. Um, and I hope to bring you guys on again. Um, it, Good. It, if you'll so indulge me. Um, so, and Steve? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasure as always. Thanks, bro. <laughs> I appreciate it. So, um, cool. If you're in the market for a new vehicle Uh-oh. and um, you'd want the best truck on the planet uh, or a Jeep, 
right? For Jeep waves. Just how you do it. <laughs> right. So um head on over to Joey Cardi Cruncher Jeep Ram and uh talk to our buddy Dean over there and he'll hook you up. Um and like I always say, I can't make any promises, but if you do walk in there and say, Hey, I heard about you guys on the Connect to My Water podcast, you might get a better deal than most people would. Again, I'm not making any promises, but I think that's kind of how it goes. Right. And um we've been drinking Papa's Pular rum today. I know um Steve drank all of it back there. That's probably why I didn't talk that much about it. It's cool. <laughs> um, they remind you never to be a spectator. And I'm so proud to be associated with this company because they're keeping that Hemingway tradition alive. Um, we'd like to thank our fine folks over at Papa's Raw Bar. Um, the, um, go over there and see what Troy and Cassie have going on. Um, we're very proud to be associated with them. It's the best food on the planet. Um, certainly in town and go and download their app the edbl life app uh, remind you to eat drink and be local um it's a 3.99 app and it's worth every penny because it really does bring together the community and gives you the insight on everything that's going on from the entertainment perspective on the co- connected by water gallery is on there um so Go ahead and get into that. And if you want to vote, um, we're going to be auctioning off um, Chiefy's 29 CV here at the end of the show. No. Just kidding. That's a good one. Go on over to shop.cvboats.com. Um, I designed their entire line of apparel. They call it the D-Frio Collection. When you order it, it comes out of our studio and we send it directly to you. Um, please, if you want to wear the coolest performance gear on the planet, Go over to shop.cvboats.com, right? Thank you guys once again cool. for coming in. Thank you. Right? Thanks, Hope to have you in here soon, okay? Your ego, it's not your amigo. Always do your best, and at the end of the day, just let God do the rest. And do not ever forget that no matter where we are, oh, yeah, buy the book, uh, Catching the Bug. Hang on. Second edition. What? Oh, oh he's going to sign one for me? See? After after the ego is amigo. Look at that. Oh. Post ego amigo. And he floats my ego. <laughs> Thank you that, very huh? much. Wow. That's the bug book. Sign. And hold on. Oh. Numero dos from Chiefy. I love it. All yours. Thank you, sir. No, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Enjoyed it. Do not ever forget that no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, we're all connected by one. Thank you. <laughs> you want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Tune in to West Marine's Life on the Water, presented by Costa Custom Boats, every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.